Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Joy. On today's episode, we got to talk to a group of Tyndale employees that recently got back from a trip, a missions trip, uh, aboard the Logos Hope, which is part of Operation Mobilization. Mm-hmm. They were there from February 15th to 24th. There were 12 Tyndale employees, and they were able to go to Trinidad and Tobago and to spend most of their time there. And what Logos Hope does, it's essentially... A bookstore on the water and it allows uh, people to come in from wherever port that they land um, to buy books at reduced prices. Yes we got to talk to six of the 12 members that went on this trip and they went around and talked about what, what they did on the ship and around the communities that they visited. So please enjoy this conversation and if you want to learn more about Tyndale and its different ways it ministers to people here and around the world check out Tyndale.com. We're here with the 2017 Tyndale missions team that recently um, embarked on a journey to Trinidad and Tobago, is that right? And we're here with one, two, three, four, five of those members. And uh, Doug, Doug Walton, who's our Vice President of Human Resources, um, can you tell us a little bit about the trip and why Tyndale goes on these types of trips? Sure, glad to. Um, this goes way back to 2005. Uh, Tyndale began doing uh, mission trips with uh, Hurricane Katrina. When that occurred, we sent four teams uh, down uh, to help with that relief effort. And we, we had been talking about ways to get uh, our employees connected with uh, the, the various ministries that Tyndale House and Tyndale House Foundation have supported. And, and so obviously that was a, a, a big need and a, a great way to start um, going on mission trips. And so every year we, we pick a, a mission trip uh, to, to participate in with usually a ministry that we've been involved with as an organization. And so this year for 2017, um, we decided to go back to um, Logos Hope uh, and, and work with a, a ministry that um, we have a long relationship with. Um, and so uh, 12 of us went to uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, they're here in the Caribbean for this next year. And, um, and then we had the opportunity to sail with them to a new, their, their next port, uh, which was uh, Curacao. One of the um, fun things, being introduced to the ship's company when, when we first got on board, uh, Randy Greeby, who's the, uh, the leader of the, a lot of the ministry programs that um, the ship does while they're in port, introduced our team by saying they wanted the ship's crew to meet one of the longest partners of OM and Logos Hope. And he told the story that um, George Verwer, OM's founder and uh, Tyndale's founder Ken Taylor uh, were connected way back when George was a student at Moody and he asked uh, Ken Taylor for some literature product to take with him on a missions trip to Mexico and so this began a lifelong friendship and a work together to provide books and Bibles around the world so it was fun to hear that our two founders began working together even before 
Tyndale or OM were organizations. And so um, we're privileged to send uh, really container loads of product every year uh, to the ship. And this helps in several ways because it uh, provides uh, income as they sell the product in the various ports, but it also uh, gets God's word out into uh, the hands of people around the world who may not otherwise have access to these kinds of products. So it was a lot of fun to be on board, work alongside the ship's crew, and, and see the, the, the products that we work on here at Tyndale being purchased in a, a remote port in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. That's great, Doug. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I'm wondering, it's probably, uh, there's some similar themes for all of you of why you went on the trip. So I'm wondering, um, Jen, would you mind sharing why you chose to go on this mission trip? Yeah, um, so I just really wanted to um, be part of something different than the work I do every day um, here just on the products, but seeing them kind of in another environment being implemented um, on a ship in the Caribbean was something that sounded like an amazing opportunity. So I really wanted to be um, one of the people that could go, and I was so, so honored to be able to be chosen to go. And, um, yeah, I think just another cool experience and... Uh, something different so mm-hmm. we just got the Tyndale tidings and there's a picture of you um, holding one of the book covers that you have designed and it must have been really neat to see your your work on the ship that must have been a cool experience yeah it really was I it was it was interesting just being able to walk around and see see books I worked on and that pass over my desk every day like in people's hands and mm-hmm. um, I was actually walking past once and I actually have my face on one of the covers and so one of the ladies had that book in her hand and I was like (laughs) I quickly turned around (laughs) so that she wouldn't uh, recognize me (laughs) but um yeah so just it was just interesting to see all the way in the Caribbean like our products there instead of you know just here in the U.S. so it was neat Mm -hmm. and Chloe could you share also why you went on the trip Yeah, I actually uh, had spoken a number of times to a member of the team uh, that I'm on here at Tyndale, and she had been with Logos Hope back in 2009 when Tyndale last went and had heard over and over again what an incredible trip it was, um, the diversity of people that she had met there, and uh, just how impressed she'd been with the ministry. And so um, this team member of mine had said a number of times, next time this trip comes up, you have to apply. You've got to give it a shot. It's just, it's just so cool. So, uh, when it did, when we got the email that this was going to be the trip for the year, uh, she rushed right over to my desk and said, you're going to fly, right? And, (laughs) and I was already really interested, um, one in the evangelism opportunities we would have. And then also kind of like Jen said, to get to see our products on the ground and especially in a place where people have low access to books and Bibles. I just was very drawn to that. Um, And then also a chance to get out of Chicago and go to the Caribbean in February. Didn't (laughs) sound so bad either. (laughs) So, yeah. And uh, before we get too far, um, would anyone be willing to share kind of what this ship does as it goes from different ports and actually like what are the different areas of the the ship that the ministry actually operates my name is ellen and the ship goes from port to port and it provides educational christian material for people that don't have access to to books anywhere they don't have bookstores like we have here and the amount of people 
that welcome this access is amazing. They'll go through, 9,000 people will go through their book store at a single time. They line the gang like just to get up and in the store. They're so appreciative. Um, they also have ministries. All the crew members um, part, take part in amazing ministries. They do um, sports activities. They do go to churches. They help build and paint and do things in the community. They interact with all the children and provide a lot of programs for them. Um, all this while keeping the ship running and cooking for all the people on board, cleaning for all the people on board, navigating um, and moving from port to port and figuring out how to get their books into each port. Sometimes that's a interesting feat that they do. And it's not just on the ship, there's people that go out into the communities as well. Does anyone have any good stories about serving in the communities? Um, my name is Lindsay, and one of the times when we went out and served, we uh, took two Tyndale employees on this particular day um, and went with uh, two additional people uh, actually three additional people from the ship who were kind of leading this project. Um, it was in Lons Fermi, which was about three, two, three hours, I think, away from um, the port that we were in. So we had quite a drive out there. And the project that they were doing was really interesting because there was a, there's a certain branch of the police in um, Tobago that are specifically social police and are meant to encourage good relations with the population between them and the police and so they were making an effort to establish a library for kids in this in this town that was sort of kind of in the country for them um, not very accessible and, and use this library to bring the police and the youth together so that they weren't it wasn't such a there wasn't such an animosity between them so one of the police officers had agreed to lead this youth center and um, kind of reach out to the youth and manage the time there. So we brought a whole donation of books to give to them as a library and a cataloging system for them to kind of start this library and hopefully add to it as they go. Um, and it was just, it was a privilege to get to work with them, seeing the hearts of the, even the police officers in this who were particularly reaching out and trying to connect with the youth um, was just really encouraging. It was a, a neat thing to see. Mm -hmm. um, on our trip back, however, <laughs> we had quite the adventure. <laughs> um, so these uh, two police officers that had driven us out there felt that it was extremely important that we made it back in time for dinner. <laughs> and so this was, this was extremely important to them. They kept telling us this, and they um, realized that we were leaving too late from where we were. And we had taken a nice leisurely time through the mountains getting out there and like winding roads all the way there as we're kind of following the coast. and. On our way back, they just they cruised the whole way. We didn't we didn't slow down for anything, um, and we were just kind of whipping around these corners and and sort of hoping for the best that nobody was coming around the other way when we were and uh, kind of we would snake around other cars that were on the road. So we would we kind of used both lanes, which was nice. And um, we hit one traffic light at one point, and they just laid on the horns and went right into the intersection, and then made a drastic turn right and. We kind of cruised into town down the freeway, so <laughs> it's like, we were trying to respect your time. Yeah, we our time was highly respected, <laughs> and we got there on time. And the best part was at the end when the cop um, in the car in front of us got out and came by and gave a high five to the one that was driving <laughs> our car. 
<laughs> so I felt like maybe they just enjoyed the excitement as much as that. <laughs> yes, Lindsay, were you, you and who other team members were in that car? Um, it was me and Christine Kinberg. Okay, yeah. so it was the two of you. So no one else here had that exciting <laughs> time. Yeah, man, that must have been, because I can imagine the driving rules might be a little bit more lax there anyways, and then you add that into it. It's a little scary. Yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we were, Christine and I seemed to think, or we thought really originally that this was probably normal for your experience on the island or in different ports and just figuring that probably the traffic laws are different wherever you go. Um, but it was interesting to see the two two or three people from the ship were actually very shaken after like, <laughs> We didn't oh. have seatbelts and this was way too fast. <laughs> Not <laughs> so, normal. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, on that topic, does anyone else have stories of something maybe that impacted you particularly? Um, something that you learned? Or maybe something that just you didn't expect and it was a moment that you witnessed God at work? I was amazed at the amount of people they had on the ship, the different countries, and how well everyone got along. It was absolutely amazing, and how often they went to God in prayer first, where sometimes in the U.S. we tend to do it as an afterthought. Everything, when you met people, oh, let's talk to God about this, and we'll say a prayer, and we'll go on from there. And I think that really contributed to how well everyone gets along and how patient and um, really just wonderful the atmosphere on the ship was with all the different people that you met. And their mm -hmm. stories were amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chloe was saying how she, there were so many different people from all over the world with different languages and backgrounds. And I hope I'm not speaking too much for you, Chloe, but when one of the big parts about working on the ship is learning how to live in community with people who have very different stories. And, you know, a lot of us have been to college. We know even just like a roommate from a town over from you or, you know, in a mm -hmm. state next door can be difficult. But thinking about you know, different cultural boundaries. Um, and ultimately, the bond is Christ. And that is probably what you're speaking of, Ellen, that that's a very powerful witness. It was amazing. And the fact that everyone's story is their story and can contribute to another person's story mm -hmm. at the same time. And your story is unique and just as valuable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Following up with Ellen's comments on prayer, I enjoyed our first night there was a, a prayer time for uh, a number of different things but uh, they one of the focuses was on uh, Tobago because they had been experiencing uh, a higher uh, amount of crime that's been taking place there and, and so the, the ship's crew met and, and prayed specifically for the island of Tobago and f uh, for you know half an hour or more uh, really focused on uh, the, the needs of that community for the, the churches that were uh, working um, to uh, reach people. And so that, that was a, a meaningful time. And as Ellen said, so often uh, throughout the day before they go on a project, before a particular event takes place, that it, it's, that there's a focus on prayer. Um, to, to, for the Lord to go before uh, the, the work of the ship. Um, and, and so that was just very meaningful uh, 
to, to see that to see that focus even as we um, prepared to uh, go into Curacao the, 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 the sunrise service um, that morning that we sailed into uh, Curacao there was a, a time of prayer there were probably 50 people out there uh, on the bow of the ship as the sun was coming up uh, committing the, the day and the, the weeks ahead to the Lord that um, there would be an effective ministry in that new port. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one of the things I'm curious about as I look around this room, every one of you spends much of your time in front of a computer. And as, as you said, this is a working ship as well as a ministry. What were some of the jobs you had on the ship, whether it's actual ship work or part of the ministry, uh, just to give people an idea of some of the things that you did? Um, yeah, we were able to kind of, so on the ship they have like different jobs that everyone does to, to kind of keep the ship running. And uh, one, of, one of the days I was able to serve as what they call the angels and they clean the ship. So we were able to vacuum. Um, I vacuumed, I think, the staff lounge, which was like, I don't know, a couple hours of vacuuming, but it was fun. <laughs> um, and clean some toilets. Um, and kind of just helped them with whatever they needed done, um, followed the girls around, and um, that was really neat. And uh, that, and then also being able to just help with the book fair on board and, and help stock books and um, help people find books that they need was really cool when the bookstore was actually um, in in work, open and working for everyone um, to come in and, and, and experience that. So that was really amazing. Um, I didn't know a lot about um, where the books were, but it was cool to have a lot of people on board to just help us out and, and to be there to answer questions. So, I, um, I got to work in the galley, which was amazing. Um, we cleaned portal windows, which were good. Um, we also fried an incredible amount of chicken, uh, sauteed it in a pan, which was amazing. It was fun. And the, the best part was we got to batten down everything to get ready for sailing. So we put bars in front of all the canned goods, and when you didn't have bars, you put ropes, you roped everything in so that when they were sailing, things wouldn't move. I thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. How many meals a day? They do three meals a day. You get breakfast at 7, you get lunch at noon, and you eat dinner at 5.30, and it's four meals? Four, four hundred. Four, four hundred people, yes, that's exactly wow. it. It's wow. a lot of people, and it's a lot of work, and they do it cheerfully. It's amazing. I was going to make a joke and ask if anyone battened down the hatches, but it sounds like that's what you literally, you literally did that. I'm wondering how much time you spent on the ship versus off the ship, and if any of you got seasick, because I know that I'm prone to that, and I'd be a little nervous. I would say we were on the ship most of the time. Um, well, obviously, it was in port most of the time we were on board. And so, you know, breakfast begins at 7, and, and we'd work through the day and, and often be up till 10 or 11 at night. So these were long days, and I, I think it's fairly common for the crew as well to have long days like that. They work six days a week. They get one day off. Um, and, and a lot of it is, you know, even if you work in the engine room, um, uh, for your regular job throughout the day, they, they also take shifts being on the ministry deck or the book fair where they're actually working alongside the visitors that are coming on board. 
or on uh, their C day, which, which was Connect Day, um, they'd go out into the community to do a, a ministry project or go be in a church on Sunday. So um, th this is not, you know, a, a nine to five job. It's it's much longer than that for the ship's crew, mm -hmm. and we jumped right in and, and worked alongside them. Did any of you come back here and? consider giving up your job at Tyndale and just going out in the seas? No? Okay. Yes, sir? A little bit. Please <laughs> I, Yeah, I was so excited about what was happening on that ship the first couple of days, especially. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to come back. And um, this is funny because Adam is my supervisor. So <laughs> I <laughs> was maybe just going to leave him high and dry here. I'm, and I'm just a podcast host right now. We yeah. Yeah. But um, it really was. It was, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I've never seen a ministry that operates this way. And sort of as Ellen touched on, I think I was most impressed by the way that people uh, worked together and just really saw the global church in one place all at once and was kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did return to Tyndale and I'm very <laughs> glad to be here, but uh, just just was blown away really. Um, used the word awe a lot when I thought about my trip and what I experienced there. Does anyone have any good stories about people who aren't here that could, we could embarrass them? <laughs> <with>? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have any embarrassing stories, but um, I actually, I got to go on shore with Robin um, Bermel up, um, from the Tindo Alliance team, and um, we got to go to an orphanage one of the days and work with the kids, and she um, actually got to close to one of the kids there and was just really, really interacting with the kids a lot. And, um, and then the, those same kids actually came and visited the ship uh, later on, and she got to see them on board as well, and just and hang out with them there. I knew that really touched her, and um, it was just really cool to see those kids be um, on that ship and get books. And um, yeah, I know that she really enjoyed that time. So mm -hmm. that was neat. I'm wondering, and maybe this is a question for you, Doug. How does Tyndall actually get the books to these ships so that they can distribute them? So the, the Tyndale product uh, leaves from our office here in Carroll Stream and uh, is sent to Florence, South Carolina, where OM has a, a big warehouse. And so other publishers' product would go there as well, and they sort it and then put it in a container and send it to one of the ports that the ship is moving toward. And um, so they make product selections of books and Bibles based on the port that they're going into. Um, Trinidad, they had known from the past, was a, a port that bought a lot of Bibles. Um, so they, they stocked up on the, uh, the Bibles for, for Trinidad and they set, in fact, the, their last three days that they were open set records in terms of the, the number and the, the dollar amount of Bibles and product purchased. In, in Tobago or in Trinidad so mm -hmm. <laughs> only the KJV is that what you're yeah, saying yeah, Lindsay the, K K K the K KJV is a popular translation in the in the Caribbean and mm. so that was mm -hmm. what they 
that we're selling a lot of mm -hmm. the uh, mm -hmm. super giant KGV. Yes. Which is, which is <laughs> what we were seeing a lot of customers carrying. Mm -hmm. Did you see any other trends as you observed the book fairs? What were people most inclined to pick up? Where were they gravitating towards? Um, I saw actually a lot of people were looking for crossword puzzles, which was interesting. <laughs> Um, but a lot, I've helped a lot of people look for some, some good fiction books, so I was able to steer them towards Francine Rivers, and, um, yeah, a lot of people, uh, parents looking for kids coloring books for their, for their children or Bible stories, so it was neat to kind of see those, those there for them to have and to, and to use, so there were some lady, some moms just with tons of kids and, like, two full baskets on their arms filled with books, and, um, so, yeah, they really, really wanted those. We also heard uh, from uh, David, the bookstore manager, that uh, Francine Rivers is a, a big seller uh, on on board. Uh, Randy Singer, as well, has been a very popular Tyndale author. Um, trying to think of other names that um, Joel, Joel Rosenberg was another uh, popular Tyndale author. Of course, the NLT I think is a is a good seller because of its easy read. It's definitely awesome to hear uh, how Tyndale's products are being used around the world, not just from us selling them, but through ministries and on this awesome ship. So any final thoughts as we close? Uh, you're all doing a chapel here tomorrow? Next week? Two weeks? In April. In some time. <laughs> so I may steal some stories from that as well. But uh, mm -hmm. any final thoughts as we... Uh, I have one, one other story. Um, I don't... I, it kind of fits into the what I came away with and kind of what was significant to me. Um, but what, there was one conversation that I had. There's a couple of us, um, uh, Christine and uh, Jesse and I, were all sitting and talking with this one um, man after the publishing sort of um, forum that we had done on board to kind of explain what we did at Tyndale. And this conversation just really stuck with me afterwards, but um, he was an Iraqi refugee who was living in Switzerland or had come from Switzerland to serve on the ship. Um, he had escaped with his family um, and had studied aeronautical engineering and was just talking about his faith and the, and the way that he talked about it, was, had just given up everything for his faith in so many ways. Um, I think probably first with, with fleeing his country, but then also was talking about could have gone into aeronautical engineering and decided that God had called him to be where he was to serve his family and to t help take care of his church and then called to the ship. And um, he was working in the engine, I believe, but he was talking about you know how he could find community after this and find a community kind of like what he has on the ship and is talking about the struggle that it might be. And we were we were just kind of discussing that with him for a little bit, and he sort of paused and said, actually, I feel like I I know what God might be calling me to. I just, I'm just not super excited about it right now. I just don't really want to go. And it's, I had this woman come up to me, and she said, you know, why are you not going back to serve your people in Iraq and minister to them and bring them the gospel? And he said, I just, I don't want to go back because I know if I go back, I'm going to die. Um, but if that's what God's calling me to, then I'm going to go. And for the longest time afterwards, I just kept thinking, like, I feel like God's going to call him there. And what do I do with that in my life when 
God hasn't put that call in my life as of yet, and how do I serve him faithfully in the meantime with the calling that I do have? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like God really said, like, the an- the response for you is not to throw away what I have blessed you with, but to appreciate it and to guard it and to guard your faith in a country mm-hmm. where it's it's not always as clear of a line as what it is when you're being persecuted in another country and sometimes that black and white is easier and or just at least a different struggle in some ways than what I think we have in America so it was really an encouragement to me to own my faith and to think about how am I putting God before my career in the way that this man did and um, putting him before everything really and he, he said at one point and it was just in such an authentic way that was really encouraging like I mean if I have I have nothing if I don't have Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was evident in his life and the way he lived. So, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that, Lindsay. I, I was just really pleased to see how our uh, team came together and, and worked together and how everybody just jumped in and volunteered uh, to do whatever uh, assignments needed to be done throughout the, the week that we were there. And one of the things that we reflected on as we were coming back was that the ship is um, sort of a big deal when it sails into a port and gets a lot of uh, publicity, and they, they call it the book ship. And when, when you're connected with that, it's easy to talk about the, the purpose, the ministry, and, and it opens doors to share faith. And, and so uh, a lot of us had that opportunity to share our faith and and where we challenged ourselves was even in coming back here to what's normal and familiar that we need to continue to look for those same opportunities here even though it may not be as easy to open the door as it was when you're on the logos hope but mm-hmm. it was a good challenge for all of us to continue to look for those opportunities to share Christ uh, in the lives that we live every day here Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's excellent for, you know, both you, Doug and Lindsay, bring up the fact that though these mission trips are short term, um, they're very meaningful and they should affect us for the long term. And for you to be able to share your story and give your testimony, um, both to our company and then to your family and friends, that's very impactful. And I think one of the best things, one of my favorite things about going around the world is that you see how big our God is and how much he loves his people and how he really desires for the word to be made known to all people. And I'm hoping that your time there gave um, extra impact to what you do every day when it's, you know, Jenny, you were mentioning, you know, I see all these covers all the time, but like just to, to give it new um, life, Um, And even just hearing the stories that you share, realizing, you know, marketing and marketing, the message is not just staying within our continent. It's it's going around the world. So thank you all for representing Tyndale. (laughs) Um, I hope all of our listeners are encouraged by what they heard today. And um, we're grateful for you guys. So thanks so much.